Let's see, do I have everything? Uh, mic, headphones, whiskey. All right, let's get started. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Nose with Joey Erringman. I'm your host and today we are going to be talking about different whiskey varieties. We're going to go a little deeper into what we did on the first episode. But first of all, today with me is Stephen Hercheck. I'm sorry, attorney Stephen Hercheck. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I went, I went to school and got the whole thing, so I get to be attorney Stephen Hercheck now. Awesome. Great to have you here. So before we get into the podcast, what whiskey are we trying this week? Well, Joey, this week we have the Red Breast Lustau Edition. Lustau Edition. Lustau. What yeah. is Lustau? Lustau is actually a sherry that comes okay. from Spain, and a, it's it's a delicious sherry. Actually, I just had some recently, but they finish this whiskey in the Lustau casks, and that's what gives it its flavor. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, uh, what can we what what are we smelling? What are we tasting when we sip this whiskey? Well, when we talk about the, the flavors of whiskey, we always start with how it is on the nose. On the nose. On the nose. Weird. We get rich infusions of dark fruits. That's what it says on the bottle, and you really get that fruitiness. But actually, let's go ahead and uh, let's taste this stuff. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. We'll talk about it. All right. Slancha. Slancha. That's so creamy and smooth. I love it. And the, the fruitiness really comes yeah, out. It really pops. I love it. Does it um it talks a little bit about what we're getting on the bottle, doesn't it? Yeah, so on the nose you get those dark fruits and it's talking about, you know, prunes, dates, and figs. And it even mentions uh, licorice, marzipan, and toasted oak. Um I definitely I get, get the toasted oak. I get the it. oak yeah. as well. Yeah. I don't know I don't know about the licorice and marzipan. I mean, if we have viewers out there that are trying this whiskey with us, um, Please tell us if you uh, if you catch that absolutely that marzipan. Did I say viewers? <laughs> Listeners, yeah, Listeners. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you you get into the the flavor of it and definitely creamy and that comes from the pot still. Yep. Okay. Definitely got whiskey. that. Yep. And then it's got spices and the richness of the finish uh, comes from the the Spanish oak. That's, okay. That's the lustau. And yeah, I, it I is. A, it the is finish very, is so good. It's almost like a dessert whiskey. Like yeah. I would love, yeah. Because it's it's so sweet. Yeah. And I love sweet whiskeys. It is good. Yep. So before we get into the whiskey varieties, we gotta talk about what is on the front of the bottle. So if you look at a bottle of Glenlivet 12, that's gonna be a single malt scotch. What does that mean? The single malt. You gotta take the two words and you gotta separate them because they are both mutually exclusive. They're not referring to one another or playing off of one another. And this gets very confusing, but once we figure it out. You can be super pretentious with all your friends. Yeah, that's the goal. Really. That's the goal <laughs> in drinking whiskey a lot of the times. Yeah. So, single malt. Single refers to one distillery. Whether it says single or blended, it's referring to how many distilleries you have. So, if you have a single malt, it's one distillery. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Single oh, yeah. malt, one, one distillery. distillery. Blended is going to be one or more. I'm sorry, more than one distillery. When you get into the second word, malt, grain, or pot still that is how it's being made so the malt is going to be just malted barley if it says grain it's barley and one other grain 
Um, if it says pot still, it's created through the pot still distillation process. And we'll talk more about the different types of whiskey and what requirements are for each whiskey. But just remember, the single and the malt are mutually exclusive and don't play off of one another. So, so it doesn't mean one malt. It doesn't mean one malt. You can have... Well, for that one, it does because well, it that's says what malt. malt yeah, means, but the if single, single is referring grain. to something else. Yeah, if you have, if it says single grain, it can still be more than one grain. Okay, because the single means distillery. one distillery. Exactly. All right. So now that that whole confusion is wrapped <laughs> up, uh, you can go brag about that to the rest of your friends. So now we're gonna jump into our first style of whiskey, which comes from America. Yeah, we're gonna talk about bourbon, which is one of my very favorites. Bourbon's amazing. That's so it just feels free when you drink it. Yeah, it's freedom in a bottle. <laughs> so um, there are some requirements for bourbon, as, as I'm sure a lot of you have heard of bourbon Kentucky. Um, one of the requirements is that this is like Did the, you just say con- bourbon Kentucky. I think you mean Kentucky bourbon. Bourbon, comma Kentucky, the city. There's a city in Kentucky called Bourbon, Kentucky. Yeah, it's like I had no idea. Yeah, that's okay. where the term comes from. That's what makes it bourbon. It's kind of like Champagne, France. Like Champagne only comes oh. from Champagne, France. Okay. It's, yeah, it's kind of like that. I just learned something new. <laughs> well, that's the idea. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> On the nose, learning stuff about whiskey. All right, continue. So, uh, one of the requirements, one of the main ones, is that it is required to have at least fifty-one percent corn in the mash. And what always comes to mind is. Uh, the great philosopher Luke Bryan. <laughs> Stay with me here. Uh, rain makes corn. Corn makes whiskey. Whiskey makes my baby feel a little frisky. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> I really do. I'm so glad you brought that into this. <laughs> He's obviously talking about uh, bourbon. He is yeah. talking about bourbon. Okay. Probably Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, <laughs> if, if I had to guess. But I don't. He doesn't say. Now. We should do a whole episode breaking down Luke Bryan songs. Oh, man, I would listen to that episode <laughs> so hard. All right, so it's also necessary. It has to be aged in charred new American oak barrels. That means they can't have had anything else in the barrel beforehand other than fire. So then it needs to be distilled at no higher than 160 proof and then bottled at a minimum of 80 proof. And this is all for the integrity of the bourbon, of the whiskey, to make sure it's all the same and so people know what they're getting when they they buy a bottle of bourbon. So you can find all these regulations on the American Bourbon Association website, the ABA, the other ABA. (laughs) Oh, sorry, there's a lawyer (laughs) reference. That's the American Bar Association for any attorneys listening out there. So the other American whiskey is Tennessee whiskey. Now, federal law establishes Tennessee whiskey under NAFTA, which... (laughs) I'm sorry, what? NAFTA? Oh, yeah, NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. And believe it or not, it is an agreement to freely trade in North America. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. I feel like I'm watching Schoolhouse Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that brings back memories. So does this Redbreast 12. Oh, no, this isn't Redbreast 12. This is Redbreast Lestow. I've had too much already. Yeah, Anyway, so uh, Tennessee whiskey... Under federal law, with a NAFTA agreement, it's labeled as straight bourbon whiskey produced in Tennessee. Under state law, there are stricter requirements in that it needs to be charcoal filtered. Other than that, it's almost identical to bourbon. 51% corn mash, new oak barrels, not a whole lot different to it. 
Yeah, a lot of people who enjoy bourbon are going to enjoy Tennessee whiskey for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a darker and I think a little bit smokierness uh, than what you'll get from the bourbon. But uh, that that charcoal filtration definitely adds a different character to it. Mm-hmm. Now that kind of concludes the American whiskeys. So we're going to jump into rye whiskey. America does make rye whiskey, uh, but we'll tell you why we think it's separated um, regionally as we go through. But rye whiskey. Yeah, the reason that it's separated regionally is because different regions make it. It's not like Tennessee whiskey where it's got to come from Tennessee. Um, America makes rye and Canada makes rye. They got Canadian rye whiskeys, and those are good in their own right. But I'm going to start with the American rye. So they do a minimum of 51% rye. It's a regulation, same kind of thing. Um, and it's typically spicier when you make that. Um, with the- hang on, hang on. we got to stop for a second. Okay, spicier. Yeah. we got to clarify what spicier means or spiciness of a whiskey. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. Because I feel like people are going to say, well, they just throw hot sauce in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a different kind of spice for sure. So like when you're cooking and you add spices to things, you're, you're talking about like your hot sauces, your pepper, salt and pepper, that kind of thing. So like baking spices. Yeah, yeah. When, when you're cooking, it's that kind of spice. But for a whiskey, spicier does not mean, like you're not going to taste hot sauce in there. It's okay. not like spicy. Not it's not Tabasco in there. <laughs> You know, that's not Red the kind breast of caliente. <laughs> yeah, go ahead yeah, and that sign us up. That might be kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, please anyway, bottle right. it and send us some money because we just <laughs> thought of it. <laughs> we did just think of it. So, yeah, so that's that spiciness in a whiskey is, it's more like, like kind of like you said, like the baking spices. So it's kind of a cinnamony kind of maybe or a, a nutmeg. And like you taste it like towards the back of your tongue usually. Okay, and, yeah, I've gotten some peppery off of a spice or a off of a whiskey before too so oh okay so yeah, yeah it, it's gonna come across uh different than when, like cooking spices but um it's you'll i mean you'll taste it if you drink whiskey enough you'll you'll taste the spiciness and it's a little different now so the rye is typically a little spicier and rye is no more than 125 proof that's the line and then they also use new oak barrels just like bourbon oh okay Yep. So it's not too far off from bourbon because it's also bur- how bourbon has that 51% corn mash. Rye has that 51% rye mash. Yeah, and that's the minimum. Like, it can do much more. They could probably do 100% if they wanted to. Uh, now, let's move on to the Canadian rye because Canadians okay. have uh, they've been working on their rye as well. Now, they don't have the requirement that it has to have a majority of rye grain. And we were talking about this before. You, you kind of thought that was a little silly. Like, what? where's the line then? Right. Yeah, because right. if if you're not going to draw the line at you know more than half, then how much does it need? Does it need to have any rye for them to say rye on it? I, I don't know. I don't know. The Canadians are doing whatever they want up there, and you know that's I've... why it's usually called Canadian whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think you you're right on the nose there. Yep. So ah, I you there. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, there's no rules on Canadian rye whiskey. They make whatever they want, and you drink it, and it's delicious. And that's how they do, they roll. Fair enough. Okay, so when we come back, we will move into Scotch, Irish, and Japanese whiskeys. Have you ever wanted to advertise on a whiskey podcast? Get excited, because we have a deal for you. What are you doing right now? I'm trying to sell ad space. Ad space? Oh, so that we can buy more whiskey. Yeah, I don't want to run out of whiskey to talk about for the whiskey of the week. I don't want to run out of whiskey ever. That's a good point. So, folks, this just became urgent. If you would like to advertise on a whiskey podcast, let us know. Follow me at Erringman's Pub on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we can talk about it. All right, now we are going to talk about 
my all-time favorite whiskey, and that's the Irish whiskey, and I've been there twice, and it's amazing. So go and visit Dingle. Anyway, Irish whiskeys are going to be a lot tamer than, say, the Scotches or the Japanese whiskeys, and a much different flavor profile than, say, a bourbon or a rye. Now, Irish whiskeys obviously are distilled in Ireland because they're called Irish whiskeys. They're, they're aged at least three years, and they're also aged in bourbon or wine casks. Or both. Or both, yes, or both, because they can be finished in one or the other. They're not going to be like the bourbon or the rye, where it has to be New Age American Oak. Irish whiskey and then some of the um, Japanese and Scotch whiskeys will use the bourbon or sherry or different wine casks to help flavor their whiskeys. On top of that, it's usually triple distilled, and what this means is it uses three pot stills or three column stills, depending on the distillery, and it goes through each of those stills. It goes through three stills before finally having the final new spirit product. Oh, and uh, one more thing about the the bourbon and wine casks is that actually it's not a, a one or the other or one before the other. Jameson, actually, and I find this very interesting is why I wanted to bring it up. They actually put some of their, their new spirit right out of the, the pot stills. They take their new spirit, put some of it into bourbon casks, some of it into wine casks, and at the end, they blend them together to make Jameson. Okay, yeah, and we we talked about this with uh, our tour guide when we went to the Middleton Distillery for Jameson, and you asked him a question, didn't you? Yeah, I did, because I was interested even while we were there, and I wanted to know um, how much of it is bourbon, how much comes out of a bourbon cask, how much of it comes out of a wine cask, is it half and half, Or and the guy just kind of looked at me. Because he wasn't going to answer. That's part of their... Right. His, his answer was, if he told us, we couldn't leave. And we're like, all right, tell us. Tell us, us. yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll stay we'll, we'll happily stay forever. <laughs> so as much as I would have loved to stay at the Jameson Distillery, we are going to move on to Scotch whiskeys now. Now, Scotch whiskeys uh, are oh, interesting. No, 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 no. I heard the first podcast. You guys are Scotch haters. I wouldn't say Scotch haters. <laughs> no. New I'm, appreciators. I'm, I'm going to talk about Scotch. Right, I love Scotch. It. And I know the people listening to this love Scotch. And that's how they found on the nose. All so right. I'm going to talk about Scotch. Now, Scotch is obviously uh, distilled in Scotland. And I love Scotland. I've never been there, but I want to go. Never been there, but you already you already love it. I, yeah, that's how I feel okay, <laughs> about Scotland. And so I, I love Scotland. I love Scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. It goes down, down to my belly. We've had a little bit to drink so far. Yeah. Well, that's actually, that's a poem by the uh, the great 70s poet Ron Burgundy. Ah. Another scotch lover. Okay. <laughs> so, scotch actually is aged at least three years, similar to Irish whiskey. And uh, it's one of the longer aged whiskeys. They'll, they'll age their scotch for quite a while, which is awesome and it just gets even more smoky flavor out of the barrel and it's at least twice distilled but they can distill it uh three times if they want to and then it's aged in oak or wine casks uh again very similar and then another thing about scotch is that they spell it without an e yeah so this is interesting the and there's a couple different ideas on where the E came from or where it's been. The e and blah, whiskey. Blah, blah. I think I just said the E and Scotch. Ah, it's fair enough. E and okay. Whiskey. E and they whiskey. Don't have it. <laughs> so Scotch whiskey and Japanese whiskey both spell it without an E. And I'll talk a little bit more about why Japanese whiskey is spelled without an E when I talk about Japanese whiskey. But Irish whiskey and most American whiskey, I'll say most because I'm pretty sure there's a couple distilleries that, like George Dickel spells whiskey without an E. So. Most American whiskeys 
we'll spell it with an E along with Irish. And this was large, I'm pretty sure it was from an advertising point of view on how they wanted to differentiate themselves. So Irish whiskey and American whiskey added that E in there so that people wouldn't get it confused with Scotch whiskey or another type of whiskey. So, and then additionally, it's also speculated that it came from the direct translations from the different Gaelic terms. Um, Gaelic being the the Irish language. Yeah. So, um, so Gaelic was actually spoken in Scotland and Ireland, or I think maybe it's Scottish. I don't, I'm not hundred percent on the vernacular of it, but bottom line, the direct translation associated whether that E was in there or not in there. So it might be due partly to advertising and might be due to um, how the translation actually occurred. But yeah, Irish whiskey and most American whiskeys are with an E. Irish and Japanese whiskeys are without an E. Well, let me tell you, I'm pro E. I like whiskey with an E, and so I'm in the E camp. I thought you just said you were a huge Scotch fan. I am a huge Scotch fan. But that's without an E. I know. I'm conflicted. Okay. Okay, but let me talk about my favorite thing about Scotch. Okay, go for it. Uh, Scotch. Most Scotch has a peaty flavor. And what that peaty flavor is... I was is just actually, about to ask that, actually. Yeah, no, it's it's that's what I love about Scotch. And uh, other than that, I'm picturing Scottish Highlands while I drink it. Um, the peatiness is actually... Um, if you haven't smelled a, a peat fire... I know you guys talked about this the last episode, but a peat fire smells so good. It and is glorious. And that's the flavor that you get from that, a peated whiskey like it, Scotch. Yeah, if you go to Scotland, sorry, Scotland or Ireland... Go when it starts to get a little cold because you will smell peat fires constantly. I love it. It's so it's good. so amazing. It's just warm and homey. So moving from scotch to Japanese whiskeys, Japanese whiskeys are very, very comparable to scotch whiskeys. And this is due to, well, I'm going to mess up this name, but Masataka Takatsuru? Yes, I'm an, I'm an actual uh, language okay. expert, and that was dead on. Was that dead on? Nailed Perfect. It. Okay. Yep. So he went to Ireland in 1918 to study organic chemistry, and rightfully so, fell in love with Scotch whiskey. Mm. So he brought that back to Japan, and that's where Japanese whiskeys started being created. Another reason why Japanese whiskey is spelled without an E, because it is lit, or based off of Scotch whiskey. So this is going to be heavy on the malted barley, also twice distilled and also a very peated whiskey generally. And the interesting thing is Japanese whiskeys are never blended. They're, they don't share whis- or they don't share whiskeys among distilleries. So as far as I know, you're never going to find a blended Japanese whiskey, which I think is really interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, and on top of that, they don't have any hard or fast traditions other than that not sharing whiskey. I don't know if that's part of the culture of it or what, but... Um, there's no, there's no general um, strict traditions that they follow. A lot like the Scotch whiskeys um, are very traditional. They're uh, kind of ja- like the Canadians in that way, and they're just a little bit free spirits yeah. when it comes to whiskey. Yeah, you, you they want. a mix between Canadian and Scotch whiskeys. No, that that's way off. It's Canadian mindset. Yeah, the mindset. West yeah, because they. There yeah. we go. Okay. Somewhere in there, but again, it's also spelled without an e, so. I still, I still need to try a good Japanese whiskey. I haven't had a good Japanese whiskey I yet. got my eye on some. Do you? We're going to do it soon. All right, we're going to do it soon. Okay. That was a much more in-depth look at all the different types of whiskeys. We covered what you're going to see on a bottle. We covered American whiskeys, rye, Irish, scotch, and Japanese whiskeys. 
So hopefully you've got you've got a little more idea when you go and start tasting your different whiskeys and stuff like that. Now, you have Danny coming on next week, right? What are you guys going to talk about? Yeah, next week we are going to be talking about more of the science of things. It's, it's going to be a beginner's guide to smelling and tasting whiskey. And it's going to, it's an, going to be an interesting episode. Um, Danny is a neurochemist. Uh, is that right? Is I, something like ne- that. Neuroscientist. Basically, when he talks, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah. So I can tell he's very smart. Yeah, he's a, I believe he's a neuroscientist uh, at The Ohio State University. So we'll get some really good insight into uh, different whiskeys from his point of view. And this is On the Nose, talking about whiskey varieties. Thank you, Attorney Stephen Hercheck, for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And as always, the best whiskey is shared with friends. Oh, that's me. Sláinte. Sláinte. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol.